Hi everyone, Jason here. I'm excited to bring you our new series called Healing From Here. With all the deep social unrest that we're experiencing right now, there are so many questions we face as a community. Where does wellness go from here? How can we create real, meaningful, long-lasting change that ultimately builds a more inclusive community? How can we, as individuals, make our own contributions? How can we collectively heal? In this series, we'll be talking to minority leaders in the wellness world as we look to answer these very questions. We are all in this together. You, we, all. Light Watkins is quite simply one of the best when it comes to teaching meditation. In addition, he's the best-selling author of Blissmore, the founder of The Shine, and he's a member of the Mind Buddy Green Collective and an MBG class instructor. And right now, he's putting out some of the best messaging on all the deep social unrest we're all experiencing collectively. Some of the questions we all have, what do we do? How do we make an impact? What do we say? What do we not say? We're all going to cover that with light today. Light, welcome. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Yeah. So the last time we talked, it was when COVID struck and... Here we are. <laughs> You're my go-to man for times of crises. You're my, right. my short list. Right. Uh, and so, you know, there is deep social unrest, and rightfully so. And you know, we're 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 in a crisis right now. And so, you know, I'll start with the the big question to you. So, where do we, as a wellness community, you know, where where does wellness go from here? Um, that is, that is a great question. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't profess to have the answer to that question, but I will say that I think, I think having honest conversations is a really good place to start. And also looking around in the workplace and and seeing what is what does the diversity of, of perspectives look like in the workplace right i mean i think this the thing with with racial biases and 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 racism it's really a lack of diversity issue you know you just don't have enough engagement with enough diverse perspectives it's kind of it would be like i would imagine it would be like you know having a wellness brand and only men worked worked there only men were the writers you can imagine how much even though the men were super competent and super smart just not having women would would cause you to miss so much in terms of what could be talked about or what the focus could be. And so just having the diversity of different genders brings so much more depth to, to the wellness space. And so I think the same is true for ethnicity. I think having different ethnicities in, in editorial roles and decision-making roles in executive roles you know, people who are actually able to weigh in on not just 
hey, what are we writing this article about? But what direction should we be going in as a company? I think that could allow that that is going to be the determining factor of which companies are are going to be perceived as being more progressive in the next, you know, 10 years. I think when you guys do your trend report <laughs> for the next year, you'll probably have diversity, you know, an active taking an active role in diversity as one of those one of the trends because it's not just good for balancing the point of the perspectives but it's just good for business it's good for everything and and you know there's some very sharp and smart people from all ethnicities that are hopefully going to be moving up the ladder into more decision making roles and you know some of those assumptions maybe unconscious assumptions um are are going to be challenged in the, in the foreseeable future. And that, I think that's a good thing, but, you know, but in between now and then there's probably going to be a lot of confusion and misspeaking and saying the wrong thing and kind of surface level solutions. And I think that's just a part of it. That's a part of the whole, that's a part of the deal. As we, as we, as a culture get more comfortable talking about these things with each other. Right. And I think that, the true sign of of progress is that we can speak openly and honestly about these kinds of issues without without feeling offended because we know that it's just the intent to want to connect is really the important thing and you know we're all super sensitive these days especially in the wellness community about everything and so you have a lot of people who are just afraid to say anything. It kind of reminds me of, and I'm sure maybe you had a little bit of this too, but back during the Me Too movement, you know, a lot of guys had things they wanted to share, but you were afraid to speak up because you didn't want to say the wrong thing or you didn't want somebody coming after you because there was you couldn't remember everything that happened in your past. And maybe I, di- I didn't say the right thing you know, five years ago and somebody has been harboring that until a moment like this. And let me just be quiet and just, just watch and just let this whole thing unfold. So I think there's a little bit of that happening. And then, you know, people of color are feeling more empowered to kind of step up and say, look, these are my experiences and they haven't been very comfortable and I, things need to change. So, you know, I think that's, I think it's, it's good. I don't, I don't think we're going to see necessarily dramatic changes overnight, but I think this is, this is something that every black person, you know, who's not a Trump supporter has been harboring, (laughs) has been harboring and thinking about, you know, this is the stuff we talk about when we're among ourselves. We'll, we'll, we'll joke about, you know, the, the silly white person who, can you believe they said this thing to me and they thought this was okay to do that? And, you know, so you're kind of getting, you're kind of getting, um, an insight into what we've been thinking about our entire professional lives. So, um, and you can't have a proper relationship with another person. If you're, if you're living two different lives, if you have your corporate mask on and then you have your real mask when you get around your friends right 
and so I think that creating a safe space for maybe for people to to speak up and say, "Hey, that's that's I'm not offended, but I just want you to know, as your friend, that's not cool." And then for you to say, oh, "Okay, well, tell me more about that," like because I I didn't catch that, and then you invite them to kind of just explain, "Hey, that's it's kind of like at the gym, you know, it's like." When you see someone working out and you see them hurting themselves or whatever, it's not like it's not a thing to get offended about. The guy is trying to help you to to not hurt yourself. And I think that's our job as people of color is to not be so, you know, triggered around people saying or doing the wrong thing. Don't take it so personally. They just don't know because we've never really talked about it for whatever reason. And so to see it as more more objectively so that we can help each other, you know, and show up for each other. And then, and then, uh, you know, white people feeling safer, being ignorant, you know, not knowing and being open to learning. And then, and then people of color feeling safer, speaking up and saying things without worrying about being seen as an angry black person or getting fired. And I think, you know, slowly, but surely, and again, this may take a decade, may take five years, may take five months, who knows. But and and the millennials are so much more advanced and progressive than the older older ones of us happen to be. But you know, I think I think it's a great thing. I think it's a great thing. It's awesome to see everyone kind of standing up in solidarity and saying black lives matter. Um that's inspiring. And so now we just have to go through the awkward middle stage, you know. You know, growing out your hair, just you, everything's weird and ugly and awkward. But, you know, we'll get to the other side of it and it's going to be beautiful. Yeah, I think there are a couple of things, you know, I'll just unpack a little bit. So, you know, they're definitely the way I've been thinking about this in, in some respect is, you know, that we're all experiencing collective grief, if you will. And, you know, there's the, the four stages of grief. You know, there's anger, there's sadness, there's acceptance, there's healing. And it's like, part of the the process you know that that's mm -hmm. one thing in my mind of like what's going on and trying to like think about this and and then we have something else going on too is you, you mentioned this we have a lot of people in our world the well-being world i think they're really good people they're trying they, they want to do something maybe they're afraid to do they don't know what to do they, they mm -hmm. want they want to do something part of it's they're they're afraid of doing the wrong thing and you know you can't just sit around and talk to hill harper about this like the answer is you know like i think a lot of people are trying to listen and learn and so forth but like you know you can't just sit around and do nothing like that's the one thing you can't do you can't sit around and do nothing and i think people are trying to identify there was you know wh what's their lane if you will and so I, what advice do you have for people you know whether they're individual i think you know in our in our world we got so many individual practitioners whether i'm you know i'm teaching yoga over here or i'm a nutritionist over there or i'm doing reiki over there or just like i'm really passionate about like being well like you know what's your advice for people listening who want to get involved who want to make a difference but just don't know where to start and what's what's the right lane for them so I like I love you know talking and teaching in an, by analogy. So I would say, look, it's like you figured out. Okay, we live in this country where forty percent of the people 
or however many, no, no, sorry, 13% of the people happen to be from France, French origin, right? And so there's nothing objectively good or bad about that. It's just that means they have this different background. And so I want to relate to them because I, I realized that having, having their presence in and around my culture adds value and perspective to my culture, which can make me be perceived at least as a more progressive company. But obviously, you know, the more perspectives you have in general gives you more advantages. So naturally, what you want to do is one of the first things you want to do is, okay, let me go learn French. <laughs> you know, they're speaking French. Let me learn French. Let us become a bilingual company. Right. And so maybe I go take a class. Maybe I go get a book on French. Maybe I read something on French culture or something, whatever. And that allows me to be able to kind of see or understand their history a little bit more than I would otherwise. So all that to say, you know, I would start with just educating myself about the issue at hand like what's the main pain point of of this whole movement is oh people don't feel seen and heard why don't they feel seen and heard because there's this this subconscious and institutionalized racism that has been uncovered it's been there the whole time but now we're seeing not only is it there but i have been inadvertently playing a role in this by just being ignorant about it not giving voice to it so maybe i'll you know i'll i, I can do better as a white person by just starting by educating myself about, about the the extent to which this thing has been going on how did it start what are the dot, you know connecting the dots between slavery and now and seeing how, and it's shocking when you really look at all of the different ways that slavery essentially has been extended, you know, beyond the Gettysburg Address into modern day and all the ways that black people have been deliberately disenfranchised in almost every system of American culture. And you know, you could even take it further from there and look at worldwide, you know, imperialistic trends and, you know, the pillaging of Africa and how that kind of played out with, with the African diaspora around the world. So I would say, you know, just to keep it really, really simple and really, really basic, if, if you haven't already, a lot of people have been mentioning this, this documentary called 13th. So if you haven't seeing that it's on netflix everybody has netflix or you have a cousin with netflix get his get her his or her account <laughs> and uh it's like two hour investment of your time you don't have to read anything you just sit back with your drink whatever watch 13th and that is like the primer that's the primer and then you can go wherever you want to go from there you can pick one subject and you know do a deeper dive on the criminal justice system or on the educational system, or on the redlining and, and how communities were laid out in various cities, or on Martin Luther King, or you know whatever topic. But then once you 
once you become familiar and, and you get the language for it, then you can go have a conversation. You know, it's like when you go to France and you don't know, any, you don't even know how to say bonjour. They're not going to be as nice to you if you go in there saying, hello, hey, uh, you know, talking to them in normal English conversation. They're going to just look at you. But if they see you trying, then they'll, if, they, if they know English, they'll probably speak English to you. And it's going uh, it to be a much friendlier exchange than if you just assume that they're going to just speak your language when you're trying to come and experience their culture. So um, I would say, you know, watching the watching 13th gives you enough context to be able to have these conversations so that people can see, oh yeah, this person's really trying. Let's sit down and let's really talk about it. Let's unpack it. Let's let's start a dialogue, right? It's not about, see, this is not like uh, this is not like COVID-19 where there's a very specific thing that you can do, such as wearing a mask or social distancing or all of that. This is like the social equivalent of global global warming, right? Mm. There's so many moving parts and there's no one solution that's going to solve everything. It's almost like whack-a-mole even. Um, so you have to, it has to be, this has got to be an ongoing exchange, an ongoing dialogue. It's going to require structural changes on the executive level of, of companies and studios and in editorial rooms, like bringing in these different perspectives, that's going to take time. You know, you can't, you, Mind, Body, Green can't go and revamp your whole editorial board, it, you know, in a matter of, you know, you don't want to just bring a bunch of black people on just because they're black, right? You, they, it needs to fit within your culture. It needs, you know, it takes time to find good people. And, you know, so, but that, I think that needs to be more of an intention if it hasn't already been it needs to be more of an intention moving forward like hey we're not balanced as a team if we don't have you know 10 percent of our staff is is are people of color mm -hmm. and men and women not just women but men and women and i i get that there may not be you know as many people in the wellness world of color who are working in these different areas. But again, it's still, it's about, you know, just if you, if you're looking for it, you'll find it. If you're not looking for it, it could exist, but you probably won't find it. Right. So, you know, word gets around. These guys are looking for someone who's, you know, really talented, who's, who can bring that perspective that we're missing, that we're lacking and we want it. We really need it, you know? And I think if you and, – and, and hopefully that kind of languaging when it comes to like headhunting and stuff becomes more more acceptable as well because maybe, maybe there's some taboo around it before where you don't want to seem like you're picking someone just because they're a person of color. I don't – you know, you still have to be talented and, and all of those things. But I just think it needs to be – there needs to be a new sort of assessment of value on that when you look around the room because that's a perspective that's – you know, when you see these companies like H&M and Gucci and they're, they're releasing products with, with, with menstrual figures and whatnot on them, any black person would look at that and go, oh, they didn't have any black decision makers <laughs> at any step along that process. I mean, there's like a that's 100 steps before it gets onto the shelf, right? <laughs> 
And so apparently there haven't been anybody who's able to look at that and tell, you know what, I don't know if that's the best idea to put blackface on your Christmas sweater. Like, I don't, I get what you're (laughs) trying to go for, but that's not the right move. And so that's what you end up with is, you know, being tone deaf at a time when you can't, the the margins of error are just too small these days with how fast things spread and how much sensational media there is and how quickly, you know, the, the news will will twist something or Twitter or whoever will twist something and meme the hell out of you if you make one <laughs> if you make the wrong move because you didn't have any black people in the room giving you their perspective. So they can't just be in the room. They have to be people who are able to voice their opinion about stuff and be taken seriously. So I think I think that's what probably needs to be done on that level. And a hundred percent agreed. And <laughs> you know I think where we are today and, you know, every day things change, you know, a lot, a lot of people are are angry. A lot of people are sad and, you know, it's, it's justifiably so. And so light, you know, you're, you're, you're a meditation teacher. You wrote a book, amazing book called bliss more, you know, bliss. And so how, how do we collectively or individually channel the anger and sadness into a meditate, you know, wh- where does meditation come in? Where does it, where does the, the concept of bliss come in? How, how do we, how do we eventually channel this? You know, it's important to be, you know, you have to acknowledge your feelings. The feelings are valid, but where does meditation come in to this process? You know, we're collect. We collectively need to. We, collectively, we need to. You know, make improvements. Collectively, we all need to do better. Mm. And collectively, we need to heal. Yeah. You know, I, 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 the the premise of Bliss More is my meditation book is that meditation should be a daily practice, regardless of whatever's happening in the world, because. Things are going to happen. If it wasn't this, like, you know, it was the pandemic. If it's not that, it's something else, right? Please no more. <laughs> murder, murder hornets. <laughs> you know, oh, something. God, I forgot about murder hornets. Yeah. Yeah. So w- the thing that meditation does, and I, and, I, and I like to speak about meditation in this very sort of practical way, because I feel like a lot of people don't do it because they think it's some, you know, it's some unattainable um, there's an unattainable goal associated with it. And my whole thing is that meditation is, it just puts you on a, a bit of a fast track as you're moving through the stages of grief, right? It's not going to get rid of the stages of grief. You're going to have to go through that every single one of those stages. But when you're meditating, the difference is, a stage may only last for a couple of days as opposed to a couple of months or a couple of years, right? So what keeps you stuck in one of those stages of grief, whether it's anger or denial or bartering or whatever, is the trauma and the stress associated with whatever the change, the change is. And what helps you fast track is meditation creates this release valve in your body so your body can 
can it takes the stress in, but then it can release it sooner. So you can keep moving, keep progressing, and and stay available to the opportunities that that are before you. And so you know, I, and I don't I don't really give meditation much credit for doing anything more than that. I mean, everything everything good that comes from a practice is is really just the result of consistency. It's not a result of intent or faith or belief or any of those other things. It's just being consistent, just giving yourself the benefit of regular exposure to the whatever biochemicals that are released in the practice that have a very powerful restorative effect on your nervous system so your body can keep staying adaptable to the ever-changing times so you know yeah bliss is a bliss is a real thing if you're being consistent and it shows up in you being available to whatever's happening in the moment doesn't mean the moment's going to be great or fun or you know joyous necessarily but you're going to have a lot more internal spaciousness to be able to see the bigger picture, which then allows you to make choice, make decisions based on the bigger picture as opposed to the, the whatever's happening on the microcosmic level. And I think that's what everybody really ultimately wants is you want to be able to see beyond someone's bias or, or your own bias. And you want to understand that this is, this is what it was up until now, but this is no longer relevant, and, and I want to do something different. And if you haven't really trained yourself to think differently in those ways, then the mind and the body are going to keep reverting back to the old ways. So meditation can help you move through that process of reconfiguring the way of living, way of being, way of seeing, way of interacting with people a lot faster. And, th- and I think that's what makes it so powerful. I love that. We'll close there. It's a reason for everyone to start meditating. <laughs> it is. Meditating. It yeah. is. It is. Yeah. It is. You know, I, I think, you know, we're all struggling. We're all, we're all trying to do better. And, you know, there are so many different tools in the wellness toolkit, if you will. And, you know, I'm a huge fan of meditation. And I think, you know, th- there's in, th- in that context, I think th- there's a real need. And if you're on the meditation fence right now and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to be better and you're trying to make a difference. You know, one of the things that Hill Harper said is, you know, you, you, if you want to make a difference, you also got to go, you know, where's your passion and, and, and mm. trying to figure out your lane. And I think, you know, in finding meditation is such an incredible tool for like mm-hmm. becoming more in tune, you know, with, yep. your, with your heart, with your gut, whatever you subscribe to. And so it helps you ultimately find like, hey, this is going to be this is my lane. This is where I can make a, a difference, whether it's, you know, having a difficult conversation whether it's, you know, donations, whether it's whatever it may be. There's so many different lanes to contribute, but we all need to contribute. Yep, I love it. Okay, well, Light, thank you so much for taking the time. Everyone has to check out your Instagram. Uh, You're putting out tremendous content every day. You got the graphics, you got the commentary, (laughs) you got, you know, you you got everything. And uh, 
very much appreciative of, of everything uh, you're doing to spread the, spread the good word and uh, help us get through this. So thank you. Thanks, buddy. See you next time. Yes. Hopefully not. <laughs> we talk about the murder hornets next time. <laughs> Light, I need you to weigh in on the murder hornets. Murder hornets, you're my go-to for all crises. Perspective. <laughs> a swarm of hornets coming at you. <laughs>